0: mean to walk in purpose I know it has become a thing in our culture to know your purpose or to do your thing but as a follower of Jesus Christ what does it actually mean to walk in purpose well that's what I want to discover with you I'm Jody Sell Grove and I am excited to walk with you to discover together what it means to walk in God's presence and live a life of abundance in our everyday lives. We'll do this through sharing testimonies, digging into God's word, and walking out Matthew 17 20, where Jesus said, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, nothing will be impossible for you. I'm so honored you've taken the time to walk with me this week. Welcome to She Walks in Purpose. Welcome to episode two of She Walks in Purpose. This is Jody Selgrove, your host. And I am pretty excited about this episode because I get to finish laying the foundation that I started last week. Our theme for season two, or our focus for season two, is His Purpose. Um, Another way of saying it would be, we live for his glory, and that was his purpose in the creation of man, and I've just been digging into scripture and been praying about, and you know, quite frankly, um, God has just been Using every moment of my life in the past two weeks, specifically about, you know, Jody, you're going to be speaking about this. You have to live this out and you have to, you really need to know who I am in like all areas of your life, every minute area of your life. And if there is anything, that I would pray for all of us to get out of this particular episode. It would be this shift in thinking for us or this shift in perspective for us in just truly recognizing that God created us to be in relationship with him in every aspect of our life. We, what we do is we try to like carp, carp, compartmentalize or dissect our lives into these different areas. Okay. So let's say, specifically for my life, it would be I'm a wife, I'm a mom of basically two adults, um, I'm a student. Um, I. I'm a podcaster. I also run a nonprofit. So I'm like an executive director of a nonprofit. I'm also the founder of that nonprofit. And with that, there comes, there there comes all these different aspects, even of that, just, just as much as, you know, I manage a house as well. Um, I'm also a dog owner. And so with all those things that are part of what I am doing in this season of my life, basically, there's all these other little things, these tasks that I have, that I have to do that that I need to do. Um, And in all in all of that, in all of those tasks, God wants to be involved in every single, every single one of them, he cares about every single one of them. And he wants me to be first, he wants me to have him as his focus in every single aspect. So that's the shift that you know Lord I just pray that that shift happens during during this this time of recording and and this time of listening for whomever is going to be listening and to this podcast and you know Lord I specifically pray that for me um because we we long to give you glory Lord and and we long to steward what has been given to us which is you we we want to steward what we have received from you your salvation um first and foremost that you gave us and um we long just to reveal you in everything that we do so i just i pray that lord and and i thank you for already going before us and um and for being being with us as we process this out with you today. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. So last week, I really dug into God's purpose in creation. And then I walked through God's intent from the beginning of creation, pointing to Jesus coming back to, or Jesus coming back in God sending his son Jesus to earth to bridge the gap between God and man. And today, my focus is really going to be on the calling to salvation, the response to salvation, and then the living out of salvation. And I'm going to preface all of that with the scriptural foundations for season two. So I will start with 1 Corinthians one twenty-six. For considering your calling, brothers, not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. Boast in the Lord. So 1 Corinthians 1 the very first verse that I read, for consider your calling, brothers, so on and so forth. That's one of the verses. The other verse is Ephesians 4 1. I therefore a prisoner for the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And then the last Scripture that is a foundational scripture for season two of She Walks in Purpose is Psalm 51, verse 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. So I'm going to lift those verses up as the umbrella from which I will be like funneling down from today. And where I would like us to start is this calling. And that's where Psalm 51:12 comes in, restore to me the joy of your salvation. And that is where I'm starting with the de- the defining of the calling from our father in heaven. So I'm going to start I'm going to like funnel down into a verse. So I'm in John 15 verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask in the father Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So, if we're supposed to consider our calling, and we ask, What is our calling? And I'm presenting to you that the calling is the calling to salvation. And then you may ask, Well, how do you get called? And I'm going to point you to John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you. So let's think of the context of John 15. Who is speaking in this moment? Jesus. And who is he speaking to? His disciples. And he's telling them, You didn't choose me, I chose you. So if we think in in the context just of Scripture, And from what we know of the Gospels, we do recognize that um, we know, or if you have read the Gospels or enough passages in in the Gospels, that Jesus went to each one of these disciples personally, and he asked them to join him in his ministry. He literally went to them and said, come follow me. I guess he didn't really ask. He said, come follow me. And so I like to think that even though I never saw Jesus in the flesh personally, like saw him with my own eyes, that his calling of me would be very similar to his calling of his disciples. That he literally came to me personally personally at some point in time and said come follow me jody now i'm not going to say that those were his exact words i'm not going to say that because they weren't um but i'm but i'm also going to say that there was a specific time a specific place possibly specific people um when he called so here's a scripture that's coming to mind just as I'm saying that. And I'm going to have to look it up. I know this season is so different than last season. He's like really pointing me to a lot of scripture and I'm having to look them up. Um, let's see here. I, I believe it's in Ecclesiastes. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal. What's the purpose, you may ask, Jody, for you reading that passage of Scripture? Well, there, was, there is an appointed time when God calls people unto himself. And I believe in those moments, he provides this opportunity for the individual to respond to his call of come follow me and I don't think my choice has anything to do with it and I'm I'm not really going to go there today but just by making that statement I know that that could cause a little bit of questioning for some people um It was a question for me about a year ago or so when I thought that I had made a choice to follow Jesus. And through a lot of studying in scripture and a lot of wrestling out with my Abba, I have come to this place of recognizing that I have been made in his image. I was designed in his image, which means I was given a will. It's a part of my soul. And the intent of that will was to always strive to be submitted to my creator, God the Father, the creator. And In his appointed time, I can't explain to you what exactly happened when he called me. But in that moment, my will was submitted to him to be able to hear him clearly and to respond to him in such a way that I said, yes, I want to receive everything that you have to offer me. And that everything that he had to offer me and still offers me is his son, Jesus Christ. And we discussed last week that he sent, he gave a part of himself so that I could be in communion and become a part of his family. He, he gave me Jesus And and Jesus' sacrifice of living on this earth, being the incarnate God. I mean, we're talking about God who took on flesh. That was part of the sacrifice. It wasn't just the beating and the whipping and the carrying the cross and, and, and the being nailed to a cross. I mean, yeah, that's a part of it too. That excruciating pain that he went through that, you know, having to endure becoming sin for me. That's, that's all that was given for me. Like, like God did that for, for Jody and he did that for you. Those of you who are, who are listening, he, he He had you in mind, and he also had in mind the moment that he was going to call you to him. And his desire has always been that your response would be, yes, I want to receive. And so I want us to walk through a a few more things. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I want to say that when God called me and I said, yes, I want to receive your Son. I want to receive the salvation that your Son um, provided for me in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I was in those moments when I was saying out loud, I believe, Jesus, that you came to earth and, and you lived your life here and then you died and rose again for me so that I could know the Father. In that moment, I was literally what was happening to me was Galatians 2:20. I was being crucified with Christ. And I was, I was laying down my life and wanting to raise and, and I would say laying down my life. I, I couldn't do, I'm not doing it myself, but it was an act of saying, I choose to receive you, Jesus. I choose to receive everything that you are. And that is resurrection life. That is eternal life. And until that point, I was not heading towards eternal life. I was heading towards eternal death. I'm not saying that I was doing that. I was saying with my words of saying out loud, I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior of my life. And I I believe that you sacrifice for me and I want to live for you. I was he was doing his work of Galatians 2:20 of being crucified with Christ. And so from that moment on I had moved to a position where I would begin to see more clearly God an eternal life start to discern evil or death, so I could so I could begin to walk this life of living as Christ and not living as a slave to death. First John one nine. So I'm going to read that one because. When I talk about his calling, this is exactly what I'm talking about. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when I, I responded to God's call to me, when he said, come follow me, basically. And I, and I shared this last week that it was, it was a time when I was young. I mean, seven or eight, and my grandma was the one that led me in this prayer to God. I was confessing in those moments as my grandma led me in the prayer that I was a sinner and that I believed that that God, through his son Jesus, would cleanse me of my sin. And I'm going to connect that to Galatians (coughs) 2.20. Excuse me, I, I just seem really dry. That in those moments, I was being crucified. Like, it was like a dying of self and coming back alive in Jesus Christ. Now, I'll get more into that in just a little bit. But that's, that's the easiest way right now for me to explain what it means to for God to call and for an individual to respond. So I'm, I'm literally sharing like what that was like for me as an individual. And then these next pieces I want to talk about is what does it mean to res- to live now in the response of that call? Ephesians one verses three through 10. In him we have in, have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. And so, that 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 passage there even goes with the ecclesiastes passage that for every every season, for everything there is a time and it also goes with John 15:16 you did not choose me i chose you and here in Ephesians 1 right here in verse 4 even as he chose us in him Before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. So as I was sharing my response to his calling earlier, that time when my grandma led me in a prayer of a confession of my sin and acceptance and, and a response of receiving, like it was this God saying, here's this offer of my son and the salvation um, that I have for you. And, and my response was yes. That was chosen in him before the foundation of the world. God had chosen that time for me. And it was a predestination for me to be adopted to him, to be adopted into his family. And it was according to the purpose of his will, not Jody's will. So it wasn't a choice of Jody choosing God, it was a response to the purpose of his will. Okay. So now I think I'll move. Well, let's see. I had another scripture passage. Um, we'll just, I'll just add this one in here. Ephesians two, eight through 10 for by grace, you have been saved through faith. So it did take a measure of faith for my response, which I would say again, was not Jody. It was not a Jody choosing. It was a faith that had been imparted to Jody in that moment in time to respond to God's call to me. It was all him. That's what I'm trying to get across here, that it's all him. And I had the opportunity to respond to him. So for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works. In other words, Jody didn't do it. It wasn't my doing. So that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created to Christ for good, good works, which God prepared beforehand. God prepared beforehand. He prepared it all beforehand. Before I responded, before he called me, he prepared it all so that I could walk in what he was giving me. So it says, God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, in the good works that he has given us, that he gave us, that all we have to do is receive, and then we can walk in it. And I know it's it's you know I could say it's that simple. Well, it is and it's not and well you know that's the whole purpose of the whole of season 2 is it is this simple and yet it isn't it's not it's not simple to walk it out because it's a continual wrestling of our flesh in accordance to his life that we are already in as called individuals as called sons and daughters of, of our father. But we'll, we'll, we'll get into that some more. So now I'm going to move back into Colossians. And it's Colossians 3, 1 through 11. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died And your life is hidden with Christ and God. So I'm going to say verse 3. Actually, verse 1 through 3. If you've been raised with Christ, which is what happened when you responded to God's call, and you confessed your sins, and he was faithful and just to forgive your sins, and forgive you of all your unrighteousness, and imparted his son's righteousness to you, you have been raised with Christ. You are living eternally. From that moment on, you are living eternally. So you are to seek the eternal things. You are to seek the things that are above. And if you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry, on account of these things these the wrath of God is coming in these you two once walked when you were living in them meaning you were walking in these earthly things these these things of death you were walking in them until you responded to God's call to you but you now must put them all away Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self. So the way it was for you before you responded to God's call for you, those things have been put to death. You now are living in eternal life. You are living in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You are not to be living as the old self and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. So that scripture passage just transitioned me and us in this episode to what does it mean to walk in salvation? And what I just read, what Paul wrote in Colossians 3 here, is an example of what it means to walk in salvation. It's Continually putting to death what was earth, what is earthly in you, and he gave some examples here: sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness. He also said, um, "You must put these things away: anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth." Those are just some simple other things that are to be put away. They are not to be a part of your life anymore. They are—they're not they're not who you are because you responded to God's call you are now living a life of eterni- eternal life not eternal death you're living an eternal life that's no you're no longer these things that was your old self you are now to live as your new self and i'm going to i am here to tell you that living on this earth in this world where Sin is everywhere. It is it is hard for us to put away the old self because sin, the temptation to go back to the old ways, to, to, to go back to um, feeding your desires, the temptation to go back to looking at things through, through, through their perception of death, through their perception of sin, it's hard. It's hard to put those things away. And I am here to say too that when you try to put those sins away on your own, in your own strength by working it out, then you have lost sight of the the first calling, which was his calling to you. You couldn't even hear him before he called you. I'm not kidding. You couldn't. He's the one that opened up your ears. He's the one that touched your heart in such a way that you heard him and you responded to him by saying yes. Some of you may have responded to him saying no, and he's providing you another opportunity right now, which is pretty cool because we do serve a God of who's merciful, but you couldn't do it on your own. You did not do it on your own. He prompted you and he gave you the faith. Faith is a gift. You didn't act on that on your own. It was all him. Just like you couldn't, there's no way that we could have died on that cross to save ourselves. I mean, let's just ponder that. I know every single day it is a wrestling for me to think that I have to do something. I have to do something better. I have to work harder for whatever it, I mean, it can be anything, fill in the blank. And he continually comes comes to me and reminds me, listen, listen. Everything you are, everything you have is because of me and it is for me. Well, that brings 1 Corinthians 4, 7 to mind. For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? That's that humility piece that I was talking about last week. Everything that I have everything that I am down to my own cells reproducing inside my body that I don't even know is occurring, but it's occurring because I'm still living. I'm still talking right now is because of him. He's doing it all. So with that segue, we're going to talk a little bit more about what does it mean to walk in salvation? And so this scripture passage comes to mind for me and it's in, in Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Okay, we're going to break this one apart. Paul is saying Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What does it mean to work out? Well, it kind of goes with what I was just reading in Colossians 3 and what I was talking about living in a fallen world, living in a world where sin is constantly tempting us to live according to our desires and and to see and hear through um, sinful perceptions so our heart is, I mean, I'm not going to find the verse, but there are many verses that tell us that our heart is the most deceitful area of our entire being. What has to be worked out, this the sin, the yuckiness at the core of, of my being, that has to be worked out with fear and trembling. The fear and trembling comes from the fact that it's not that I'm doing it, it's that I'm submitting once again, to knowing that everything that I have, everything that I am, the eternity that I've been given, the life of eternity that I've been given, the salvation, the forgiveness of sin, being imparted Jesus's righteousness, that I may be set apart and holy, that I may be a daughter of God the Father. I may be a daughter to the Creator. That's that's the fear. It's the awe. It's a place of humility knowing that I did not do anything to deserve what I've been given. There's nothing that I can do, but I can allow him to work out and impart to me more of the character of Jesus. Work out the gunk, work out the yuck, and At the same time, he's imparting Jesus's character to me more and more of Jesus's character, more and more being able to live out the righteousness that has been imparted to me, given to me through salvation. It goes on in verse 13, for it is God who works in you. So it's not me working it out. It's him and he's working in me and it's his will and his work for his pleasure. I don't even have the will to do it. He's doing it for me. And I think that's the I think that's the piece that I said at the very beginning of this episode is I want this shift to happen. For me specifically, I desire the shift to happen for me. Everything in everything that I do and say, every meaningless task that I think I'm doing at the time. Maybe it's washing my computer screen. Maybe it's vacuuming a room. Whatever it may be. It could be changing a diaper, ladies. If you're a young mom and you're changing diapers, Everything is through him. Everything. And it's him to work in me, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. It's all about him. Plain and simple. It's all about him. So the last set of scriptures that I want to read is back in Colossians and back in chapter three. And I'm going to keep reading from where I left off. So I'm going to read 12 through 17. Put on then as God's chosen ones. So here we are again, A chosen one. I am chosen because I have received his salvation. He gave it to me. And now I am considered a chosen. I'm chosen. I'm called holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Here is what Paul was talking about in Ephesians, or excuse me, Philippians two. What's he working in? He is working in compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. I've received forgiveness. I must also send it back out. That's what it's saying. Because it was never mine in the first place. It's his. And I received it from him. And above all these things put on, excuse me, and above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. Of everything from 12 through 16, knowing that in everything that I do, word or deed, it doesn't matter. It's time to stop. This is what I am getting. It is time to stop compartmentalizing and recognize that every single moment of the day, you are to walk out your salvation in fear and trembling. And in every work or deed, You're doing everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, because that is what you've been called to. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this was the calling that you were called to. And according to Philippians 2, 12 and 13, it's for his will, his work, his pleasure, his glory. In other words, his glory, his purpose. All of that follows under this umbrella that I started with. Consider the calling and walk worthy of the calling. Walking worthy of the calling is everything that I laid out in Colossians 3 of what you are to put away and then just now what you are to put on. It's the character of Jesus Christ. And I have to say that it has to be lived out. Before Jesus told the disciples to go and make disciples of all men, he stood. He gave the Sermon on the Mount. He told them that the blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. And the mourning, remember from last week, the mourning is this. Recognizing how destitute you are, how destitute I am. I had nothing to offer God. He did it all and he offered me the greatest thing he could ever offer, and that was himself through his son, Jesus Christ. And I get to live in, I get to live in him. I get to live in that daily in everything that I do. And we're not to neglect it because there was such a huge price. What I received cost him everything and yet I receive everything because of his cost. It is not something to take lightly. We are not to take his purpose and his will lightly. That's why Paul said in Philippians 2 that we're to work out our salvation in fear and trembling. It is costly. It was costly for him. So then what makes me think it's not going to be costly for me when I'm walking it out daily? I just started thinking, as I was just talking, what was coming to mind was I made a commitment that I am going to spend more time with him in solitude than I have been. And what does that cost me? That cost me some of the tasks that I think, the schedule that I think I need to run for my life. That that costs me me having my way. You know, as an American citizen, I don't know a lot about cost. And I've heard stories of the cost of brothers and sisters of the past and brothers and sisters that are living now around the world. And so when I think about the time that I need to take the cost, it's nothing compared to the cost that moved me into a place of right standing with my God. And so this is what I want to leave with you as i Wrap up episode two of season two. From this point on, I will be having guests. What I want us all to remember as we move through this season is this it's always been his purpose, it's always been his plan since the foundations of the earth to impart himself to us. And he did that through Jesus Christ. It's always been his plan to have a particular time to call you to himself, to say, come follow me. And it was always his plan to give you everything you needed to follow him. Everything that you've needed to stand in his righteousness, to walk worthy. It's always been his plan. It's always been his purpose and it always will be for his glory. And so as we move through the rest of this season of She Walks in Purpose, my prayer is that we continue to seek him and recognize that our calling is simply this, to submit our will to his and to allow him to work in his son's character, Jesus' character within us, that we may walk it out. Therefore, we will be walking in his purpose, for his purpose, for his glory, for the whole world to hear, to see, because he desires that none should perish. So until next time, I pray that the truth and grace of Jesus Christ is yours and that you have seen him more clearly, you have heard him more clearly, that you may commune with him even deeper than you did before. So wherever you're listening from, please take the time to provide a rating, leave some comments, and share it. would love for you to share this with other people. Also know that I love hearing from you. So you can email me at hispresenceandpurpose at gmail.com or you can follow me on Facebook, She Walks in Purpose. I'm also on Instagram at Walk in His Purpose. If at any time you want to support She Walks in Purpose, go ahead and visit unite2know org. Fortune Faith Oak Ministries is where any and all support will go-to for She Walks in Purpose. Thank you for walking with me this week. My prayer is that you've seen Jesus even more clear, recognized the immensity of God's presence, and discovered an even deeper abundance of life, knowing whose you are. My encouragement to you is this. No, God's presence envelops you. His purposes are for His glory, your good, and that entails a life of abundance. Blessings in the truth and grace of Jesus Christ.